Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, grab your keyboards, rollerblades, and let's have a cyber fight. Because when you mess with the best, you die like the rest. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. And tonight, it's a continuation of our 1990s series of films. We dive into the perilous world of the dark web with hackers. Along with me on this journey through cyberspace are... Captain Cash Overdrive. That's his hacker name. We will all have hacker names because we're hackers now. Because we're I super mean. cool. That's my hacker. Hack the world. I mean. It's hack the planet. Yeah, hack the planet. Uh, we've got Chumpzilla, a.k.a. the backdoor Buckeye. <laughs> hey, yo. Howdy, folks. I thought it was supposed to be a hacker name, not his nickname from college. Well, Ooh, ouch. Uh, and our returning special guest, Mayor McCheese, a.k.a. the Sleepy Bear. Because when he hacks you, he actually falls asleep mid-hack and then is arrested at the scene. This is very true. Is he wearing pants during the arrest or no? Uh, it's a toss-up. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that is very much a coin toss, isn't it? 50-50. Mm. Uh, for the purposes of this pod, my hacker name is Fisher Stevens with a PH. Those, uh... Folks who work in an office know what I'm talking about, right? Phishing emails? They're the worst. Blame. Don't explain Blame. the joke. <laughs> Fisher mm. Stevens with a PH. End it there. I'm Fisher Stevens with a PH. What about two PHs? What? Fisher Stevens? Yeah. No, what? what you in, have a little... the St- Stevens instead of the V? Yeah. You want the PH? Fisher yeah. Stevens. Does my Stevens. hacker name have a lisp? <laughs> Maybe. Uh... Points of order, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself at WriterTLK. Captain Cash, where can they find you? As always, C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. And Chumpzilla. You can find me at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. And uh, the Sleepy Bear, we can probably find you asleep almost anywhere on any given day, depending on... <laughs> I'm definitely snoozing on the floor of the Gibson because it's the biggest computer ever on cinema history. True. Yep. Uh, what are we drinking tonight, Chumpzilla? Well, in honor of hackers, I have a rewired IPA from Red Hair Brewing out of Marietta, Georgia. It is a remix of their standard IPA, uh, the Gangway IPA. And I will admit, I like the rewired version better. It's a hoppy, citrusy IPA. Pretty standard American IPA fare, and it does check in at a uh, fishing email proof 6.5 ABV. So it's, yeah, it's powerful enough to get the job done. I'll crack one right now. Yeah. You know, honestly, you anything below a five, I just, well, I, well, well I don't bother. It's, uh, the, hey, I like session IPAs. They're good too. But yeah, it's nice to have two or three of these and feel them. And for the record, this beer was selected because the can. Uh, design has a circuit board shaped hop bud on the front. 
So it's very appropriate for the computer-themed hackers, and you'll see it on the socials, folks. Check it out. And hey, if you're in the region, you can get a hold of one of these. They're not bad. I, I definitely recommend it. Okay. So if you would, rank the beer for us. How many movies, bad movies, would you sit through while drinking it? That's a good question. Um, it's not my favorite IPA, but it's pretty decent. So I'll give this a two-movie ranking because, you know what? It's boozy enough. It'll help you get through the first one. And then by the time you're, you're starting the second movie, you're having fun. And, yeah, you have a few more. So two movies. So because not all of us are down in Marietta, Georgia, I have brought my own beer for the pod. It is a Johnny Utah number nine double IPA from the Brew Kettle here in Cleveland, Ohio. Hold on a second. Um, I have been drinking these since I first watched this movie about a week ago and was trying to find a beer that would relate to hackers. And there is only one in Marietta, Georgia. Let me take a sip. He has been drinking those the whole week. He hasn't actually stopped. No, he I just up, I, I bought Johnny two. Utah. I bought two flats of the Johnny Utah, and just so you know, the can and I'll, I'll I'll send a picture to everyone so it goes up on the pod. Looks like an Ohio State Johnny Utah jersey. Um, it is a slightly bitter IPA. It comes in at a whopping eight ABV, uh, and I would say if we're gonna rank it on the new ranking system, I give it two because. You're probably going to go through two per movie, and by the time you're at four, you're done for. It's kind of like uh, the Dragon's Milk from last weekend, where you're eventually going to hit a wall, where you're not going to watch any more bad movies because you're going to be drunk. So that is what I'm drinking. Okay, Utah, give me two. So as Utah. for Hackers, the movie itself, came out in 1995. It was directed by Ian Softley, who also helmed K-Pax. Starring Captain Cash's favorite actor, Kevin Spacey. Monster, uh, street monster. <laughs> the, Don't like that, man. No, sir. Skeleton Key and Inkheart. So none of those were really big hits either. And most so of nothing. He's done, I mean, he's done movies. Yeah. I more than, more than us. One where the books come to life and it's Macaulay Culkin. Inkheart is with Brendan Fraser. He's called a silver tongue. And yes, when he reads from a book, it comes to life. Is Macaulay uh, Culkin okay. in it? No, I'm I don't thinking know. something else. But still, that's good. Hacker stars a lot of recognizable and big names, including Johnny Trainspotting Lee Miller as Dade Murphy, a.k.a. Crash Overdrive. Angelina, formerly Brangelina, Jolie as Kate Libby, a.k.a. Acid Burn. You uh, guys get it? Because they're Crash and Burn? Yeah. Crash and Burn? The movie stops and tells you this, too. It's twice. really clever. Multiple times. Uh... Jesse bring it on Bradford as Joey as Joey Pardella. He doesn't have a hacker nickname because he's a loser. Matthew G. Scoob Lillard as Emmanuel Goldstein, aka serial killer. Serial like, I mean, checks. And this is this is definitely it. like everything pre-Shaggy that he did is right here. Like this is he built a career out of this character. Yes, until he I, I had I had a comment about this later, but I didn't look up his career on when this falls into it. But this character seems like it was created for Matthew Lillard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and I think it is pretty early in his career. So then he just went on to be the same guy in every movie. Yeah. Like, hey, he does that sort of weirdo stoner yeah. kind of hip kid. Uh, you know, you see an actor like that. And I can only assume he's like living his best life because 
It's like, I'm just me. I just do me in all these movies. They just keep paying me to do it. It's kind of like Matthew McConaughey. I don't yeah. know what it is. They just like they just want me to show up. I just do my thing, and they cut me the check, and it's all good. I mean, I don't even really try that hard. I, I'm not even acting. I just I just say the stuff they want me to say, and they and they like it. My process is I like to think of what I would say in that moment and say it how I would say it, but in front of a camera. I really like <laughs> him because somebody tweeted at him recently like. They're going to hire Matthew Lillard to play Trump in the inevitable movie. He's like, oh, that's me. And he goes, but my phone is always open. <laughs> it's terrifying, too, because they take a, a shot of a young Trump next to Matthew Lillard. And it it it's eerie. And I feel bad for Matthew Lillard because of it. But he seems like a good dude. He does. In, in all yeah. fairness, he, he actually seems pretty cool. You've got Renoli. I was in Con Air Santiago as Ramon Sanchez, a.k.a. Freak. Fisher Iggy Stevens as Eugene Belford, a.k.a. The Plague. Lorraine Dr. Melfi Bracco as the evil corporate lady Margot. Lawrence Tintin Mason as Paul Cook, a.k.a. Lord Nikon. And there's other famous people that we'll mention as we go through the plot. Is the evil corporate lady, is she the therapist from The Sopranos? Dr. Melfi. Yes. (laughs) That's a yes. Oh, so I thought that was—I thought that was her name, name in the movie. Oh, God! So she was—so she was Meadow. Get, get him out of here. Uh, so, as what, I said, what was Christopher's wife? She was Christopher's wife, right? No, shut team. up. Released in September of 1995, right? Grossed 7.5 million on a budget of 20 million. Uh, it sits at 33 percent on Rotten Tomatoes with 45 reviews. Audiences seem to actually like it because it's at 68 percent. Uh we'll get into that when we get through the plot on what we thought about it how would you describe this film in one sentence we can start with you cash overdrive what if you made a movie about hackers and knew absolutely nothing about hackers or computers see uh that's the funny thing about this because i was gonna bring this up during the plot but like they went to hacking conventions to like talk with actual hackers like some of the things they do in the movie, like using the, the tone sounds to hack the payphone, like those are real things. But yes, this is such a stereotypical computer movie where people type furiously and uh, it doesn't at all come across as realistic. Yeah, here's the thing. It's clear the actors took this seriously and looked into the hacking culture and all that stuff. But the problem is the writers did not. Because the movie is written with an outdated sense of hacking. And to your point, Thunderous Wizard, that's why they have the phone freaking in there. Because that was like old school stuff. That's like prehistoric at this point in time. But they still use that as a plot point. So, yeah, I think the actors probably paid more attention to the current hacking culture than the writers did. And that's sort of why this movie doesn't really hold up technology-wise. In my uh, well, I mean, to be fair, though, no movie you're going to make about technology is going to age well because technology inexorably marches uh, forward. But it, it, this no, one in say, particular, it's not even 90s current. It's it's bad even for its time. And it certainly doesn't hold up. One of the cool things they did, though, was they basically 3D modeled all of the hacking animations because they didn't want to use computer effects because they would have looked corny. Now, you say what you will about them, whether you like them or oh. not, I don't know. But that's, 
I think that was pretty neat. Uh, Those visuals were pretty good. Yeah, they so were solid. How would you describe the film in one sentence, uh, Buckeye? Oh, that's easy. I would say uh, this movie in one sentence uh, is sexy middle-aged teens, 90s tech their way through a mess of a plot because internet, brought to you by America Online. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sleepy Bear. So this movie came out in 1995, and I cannot remember when we got the internet at in my house, so I'm going to use my time to do a little bit of play theater, and I hope this, I hope this is heard. Hold on. Hello? Mom! Mom, get off! I'm trying to get on the internet! Mom! I'm Mom, shut up! I'm trying Mom, to hack! Are you on the phone line? Mom, Mom! Mom! Mom, hang up! I'm trying to play Doom! Uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I said Bernie Sanders' super team of hackers stick it to corporate America. Uh, the actual description from IMDb, also one sentence, because honestly there's not much to say about this movie. Hackers are blamed for making a virus that will capsize five oil tankers. Well, yes, but that fails to mention the ridiculous amount of rollerblading, which we're going to cover right now. Because here is the plot. Uh, and I also have a bonus question right off the bat here that will feed into the quiz. So if you can get this bonus, you get a, a beginning point. You'll be in the lead for our quiz later. A little bit of a lead. Yep. I, I will say that I, I watched this, I think, two nights ago when I texted you guys, and I have created a laundry list. So this is going to fall back into my usual I have questions as you go through the plot. And okay. I already have four questions on the opening scene. Okay, that's, that's fair. Sleepy Bear has questions. I have so many questions in all these movies. So as this movie opens, the feds are storming a suburban house arresting a young boy who'd apparently committed a substantial cybercrime. That kid is Dade Murphy. He's sentenced to seven years probation. Weird number, but I guess it's because they had to get him in high school. Barring him from using computers or any technology during that time. Okay, with the opening scene, here are my four questions. One, there's like 20 cops, and, I'm, and 20 armed cops to the teeth. I'm not sure you need that for someone who's a hacker. I'm not 100% sure. Two, they didn't shoot the dog outright, which, I mean, they would have done that. Come on. Uh, three, I like how they burst in and just scream, he's upstairs. <laughs> like, they automatically know where the hack is coming from inside the house. At a minimum, they would have shot the dog. There's like be... a shut yes. that dog up. The dog's not barking, and it gets shot. And they're like, nice. Uh, quick aside, so here's the bonus point. For our future quiz, as I said, for any of you that can name the other 1995 movie that features that same song that's playing as he's taken away after being sentenced to seven years probation. Nope. It's a 1995 nope. I... movie. It's at the end of the movie. It's a video uh, game movie. I know the what? name of the song because yeah. my old roommate loved the song. So What's the, what's the song? What's the song? Halcyon on and on. So Go. We did Street Fighter, right? What's the other super popular fighting game from the 1990s? Mortal Kombat? It's at the end of Mortal Kombat. It's right before Seriously? they're celebrating uh, at the basically the Shaolin uh, area, the temple, and it's right before Shao Kahn bursts through the top of the temple. Wow. Yep. So nobody got a point. Losers. Now, I was going to go with Vision Quest, but yeah, whatever. Back to the plot. Present day. Dade and his mother have moved to New York. Spoiler alert, he's still hacking. 
This is shown by him. Angsty. He's so angsty. (laughs) Yeah. This is shown by him altering the programming of a local TV station and then engaging in a computer fight with a hacker known as Acid Burn. (laughs) I love how pissed he is to move to New York City as a 17 year old. (laughs) Like, I'm going to hate it here. Yeah, it seems like it'd be a lot more fun than the, like, suburban white bread area he was living in. Like, like the the hacker, the hacker kid who wants to be like online and doing cool shit is pissed. He's moving to New York. Okay, he wants to be a, wants to be a super hacker and he doesn't want to live in the biggest like city in the country. And he sits there on the plane in a turtleneck, staring out like he's mad at the plane. I have a I have a question <laughs> he's mad about at the Empire uh, State Building. Like, the, mm. the turtleneck is weird because the rest of the movie he wears like basically crop top t-shirts and like leather pants and like belts in weird places. So And that one fa- really specific jacket you see all the time. The fashion choices in this are portrayed to be angsty 90s counterculture. Yeah, they're like, these kids are cool. You know how you can tell? Because they don't wear fanny packs. They wear belts around their leg. They wear Super a jacket cool. with no t-shirt underneath. Yeah. Well, h- hold on. You got to remember the time frame for this movie. This is peak 90s, right? So he had been on the West Coast out in Washington State, you know, Seattle, grunge, all that. That was way cooler than going to stuffy old New York. <laughs> so that's the angle they're trying to work there, because at that time, the, you know, Seattle was hipper than going to stupid old New York City. Bleh. Stupid New York. <laughs> OK, so, yes, uh, Dade is quite angsty and he heads to his new school where he meets Kate. She blows him off. And we're also introduced to what becomes now the main crew. You've got Joey, you've got Freak, you've got Serial Killer, and Kate Nikon comes later. Freak. Yeah, all, who, all who he meets in the first seven to ten yeah. minutes of being at school. And they all, like, you know, she teaches. He meets she all tells of his best them. friends literally yeah. as he walks in the front door. Listen, she, it's a movie. we got to get through the character. Yeah. <laughs> well, and some... also, you just totally glossed over his little TV robot fight with Angelina Jolie like they are trying to reprogram the TV station and they get the robot arms that control the tapes yeah. the station to like fight each other it might, be the, it might be the stupidest part of the movie and you get that right out of the gate you're like, oh, what no. the hell am I watching? Oh no there's plenty take, of stupid and, things to come. No no no, no take, listen I know that's dumb but I enjoyed watching it. It was like look these are what the hacker kids can do. I'm like okay well this is dumb but all right. It's like I, looney tunes. It is it, so oh, yeah. stupid. I think pot looney tunes. That's not the question. Well that was way more fun than watching like the rest of their hack fights which were just like the 3D models of like wires going places and like them dropping and like felonies. Not in my house, crash overdrive. I own the cyberspace and whatever other stupid shit they say. I don't think he even says that, but it's that corny. So It's pretty bad, yeah. So I, I think why <clears throat> people rate this rate rate this a little bit better online is that something between those scenes and the music is intriguing and for the nineties it works. But this also that first scene I forgot, I still have four more questions based on that scene. And they play throughout the entire movie. So let's go through them. One, why does everyone wear sunglasses indoors, especially while hacking? Because that makes them cool. I think that's That's pretty self-explanatory. It's now known as the Vin Diesel principle, but if you wear sunglasses indoors in dimly lit rooms, 
you're 15 to 25% cooler than you would be if you weren't wearing them. So at work from now on out, I should just continue to wear sunglasses when I go from outside to inside? Yep. I guess that depends okay. on what your line of work is. You should also carry Be, around a skateboard. Being cool. Being cool is my line of work. You can have well, rollerblades we'll slung over your shoulder Save. at all times. I'm just telling Save you. Save the skateboarding for later. Um, <laughs> when he flies over New York and they give us our first picture of a computer, I'm fairly sure it doesn't look anything like that. And it gets even worse when they go to the Gibson. Um, I think I'm on three right now. Keyboards don't echo. And for the entire movie, when they're typing, it's just echoing. That's just to show you how fucking intense these keyboard fights are getting. It's just, they're so powerful. Yeah. That's how hard they're hacking. It just it, very, it's audible. Very hard. The, the hacking is audible. So let's, they're hacking so hard that the computer screens reflect on their faces for the entire movie. Exactly. <laughs> That's the biggest problem I have with it. That's such a <laughs> stupid effect. <laughs> And they but use it the whole movie. It's like, that's not how any of this works. That makes no sense. I can't tell if I hate that in the echoing more or then I hate the random cut-ins from like old movies and TVs when he's thinking. Yeah, there's a lot of that too. Uh, anyways, let's move on. Freak invites Dade to some odd roller skating club. It's sort of like the <laughs> poor man's version of the Foot Clan hangout in the original Ninja Turtles movie. Poor with man. Le- with with yeah. less Sam Rockwell. It's a lot yeah. less cool. Like Okay, I will accept it as the poor man's version because there is no Sam Rockwell. Yeah. That is acceptable. There's only a uh, her boyfriend who looks like one of the uh, Gallagher brothers from Oasis. No, he looks like a poor man's Ben Stiller. Uh, so this is sort of where the, the odd sexual tension between him and Kate kicks off. Uh, all of it is very weird. I don't like it. Uh Along with rollerblading at this place, people smoke like it's going out of style. In fact, Joey is smoking cigarettes from both hands, which is a bold move. Uh, very bold. It was bold. the 90s. It was Devil May Care and Lawless. I love that they play Wipeout on a big screen with controllers that wouldn't work for Wipeout. Not at all. Exactly. By the way, as, as, we're, as we're commenting on Joey's sweet double fisting of cigarettes, let's also make sure we understand that he still has no handle, which I think they went over, and two, he has braces. Yeah, and this is what kicks off the plot. Because he has no handle, he's like super eager to prove himself. So he goes home that night. He's just rolling bones in his bedroom. His mom's like a total nimrod. She has no idea. He smokes like, I don't know, anywhere from three to four packs a day. And he breaks into the system of Ellingston, and begins to download their garbage file. Now, as they tell you in the movie, a garbage file is like junk, so why that would prove how great of a hacker he is, I don't know. You'd think you'd want to download something valuable, but guess what? The file wasn't meant to be junk. It's actually a worm that's been installed by Eugene the Plague Belford. He and his lover, Margot, are embezzling funds from the company. To cover his tracks, he creates a virus that will capsize five of the company's oil tankers if ransom demands aren't met. This is the Da Vinci virus. Uh, really, it's only created because he figures out Joey has stolen the garbage file and he's going to set him up and whoever else may have been helping him. Now, I have a question about this because Eugene is way better at hacking than all of them. In fact, it takes like, I don't know, 40 other hackers to defeat him at the end when he's hanging out with Penn Jillette. Excuse me, Eugene is his slave name. His name is the <laughs> <laughs> He does say that, yes. <laughs> uh, I do. I also have a question about that where I'm like, he's a super like 
top level hacker, but half the stuff he does makes absolutely no sense. And that links back to the skateboarding we'll eventually talk about. I just, I don't understand why he's so worried about this file being copied when he could just remove the program and take the $20 million he's already stolen and nobody would know. Yeah, I'm kind of confused. Like, why is he still even involved? Why isn't he just taking the money and left? Was the extra like, $5 I, million to support his raucous sex I, habit? I, I just feel like he was, like, why aren't you just gone? Like, I feel like he was already, the deal's over. Why isn't he just boning Meadow Soprano and calling it a day? First I, of I, don't, all, I don't get it. Uh, that is one of the stupidest elements, is that he's having this affair with Dr. Melfi. And... <laughs> They have no chemistry. She's like a foot taller than Fisher Stevens. And, and is he like married? Like he doesn't have a wife. I mean, the whole thing's like, dude, why, why haven't you just fucked off with the money yet? What are you waiting around for to, to I, hang out with these teenagers? I don't I, get it. He, he was literally 15 years too old to play this role. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I don't agree. I think Fisher Stevens was great casting for this role. You took oh. a character who was just... Like the the very like oldest of the Gen X against the very youngest of the Gen X, he has all the classical nerd quirks and things like that, and he's kind of a weird douchebag. But that he, he, he works because you're he you does well with the role. These dumbass hackers. Yeah, he does well with the role. Not as good as Quentin Tarantino would have done with it, but <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that, that was on the table. Feet that way. That was on the table. Could you there. imagine how bad that would have been? I just I just feel bad for Angelina Jolie's feet if that had happened. Because well, we all know where that was going. Okay, I'm back on feet again. Um, I, I do want to I do want to mention here. It took me two times on the second watch through. I realized that one, Joey hacks in using Margot's password, so he somehow gets that, which is just sex, right? Her password. No, it's, is just God. God. it's God. God. Okay, because and she's sleeping with the. <laughs> The best hacker on the planet who told her apparently several times in an email to not have that be her password. But also she's in this board meeting kind of seeming like she's controlling it. And at the end of the movie, you see when they're getting arrested, she's the head of PR. Yeah. It's her job. uh, The whole thing with the passwords, like I, I didn't try and verify this, but I'm sorry that the most popular passwords are not like love, sex, God. Uh, Farfanugan and whatever the hell else he says. Swordfish. So it's, it's it's ridiculous. So Joey breaks in. He gets pinched by the feds. Uh, Agent Dick Gill, played by Wendell Pierce, always a cop and always awesome. And Agent Ray, they didn't give him a last name, played by Mark Anthony. Uh, Joey's arrest brings in Eugene, since he's the security rep for the company that he is robbing blind. Even though it's quite clear he doesn't need Dade's help, he then tries to blackmail Dade into helping him again i don't get this this guy's like some sort of super hacker he lives in a chic apartment he hangs out with a magician i don't understand Uh, the arrest also amid more weird attraction stuff leads kate and dade to make a bet on who can then hack agent gill's life worse this is a subplot that doesn't pay off at all because they would almost certainly go to prison Uh, i have a question about this competition how was it scored and why is this not an issue at the end of the movie Anybody. I mean, can well, anybody tell me? I also well, have hey. a, I mean, I, I have a question. And so the Angelina Jolie's character, her two hacks are she gets his credit card destroyed and she puts a warrant out for his arrest. 
Um, Johnny Lee Miller's twos are he puts out a very creepy sex phone call ad and he makes him dead. Who in your mind wins that? Oh, I'm giving it to Dade 100. percent Yeah, yeah that d- that Craigslist ad it was absolutely diabolical. Yeah, that was destroying the credit card is kind of like eh, he's probably got another credit card. Yeah, that one wasn't that great. Like when you kill a guy. Yeah, that's that's aggressive. I There's mean, a it, lot of paperwork. That's the are, mic are you drop. Sign him up for water sports on Craigslist. That's hardcore. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know how the scoring works. I think it's fairly obtuse because they just want them to hack against each other. And ultimately, in the end, they're friends. So there is no real winning or losing other well, than they, they make they them tie, go on a date. They tie in the end, though, right? Legitimately, the whole reason the competition exists is to build this fictitious chemistry between them in the movie. Yeah. Even though they should have had good chemistry because they were married for four years after this. They were dating like probably throughout filming, they have well, no chemistry. They met, they met on this movie. I think part of that chemistry problem is his English accent is abysmal. It always has been. His American accent yeah. is bad. Yeah. His American accent is terrible. Anyway, they are still unaware uh, of what exactly Joey did until he meets up with Freak and gives him the disc. Freak then hides it in a men's restroom, and he in turn gets pinched. More blackmailing subplot, blah, 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 blah. Dade, who's been given the disc by Kate, makes a copy, but then caves to Eugene because he's being blackmailed again about his mother. Uh, Now, big question here. We have to discuss Eugene's entrance to retrieve the disc. Again, the plague's entrance to retrieve the disc. (laughs) Yeah, you keep keep saying it. You keep saying it wrong, Thunderous Wizard. Okay, so the plague sketches, as in he's holding the back uh, uh, bumper of a limousine as he rides toward Dade on this street corner, grabs the disc, doesn't get in the car, continues to sketch down the road at about 10 miles per hour, and then disappears into a thick steam cloud. Into that classic New York City ground fog that comes out of every sewer in a movie. Away into the night, like some sort of hacker genius. And then Johnny Johnny Lee Miller runs after him for approximately six steps, and then yeah. realizes he can't catch a car, so he just is like, Ugh. he's a computer nerd. Best case scenario, six steps was him giving it over. And he's wearing a leather jacket. So when you say the TV station VHS fight is the dumbest thing in the movie, I find that hard to believe when Fisher <laughs> Stevens appears attached to a limousine and skateboards up to retrieve something yeah i mean (sighs) that is that to me that's probably the dumbest and most unnecessary part of this movie because he could have just driven up and had him hand it through the window and driven away yeah roll the window down grab it be like but but on the other on the other hand he is the plague he is the plague and he's got a he's got a persona to meet he does have a rep and the 90s were a lawless ass time uh, I feel like we say that, that on every movie I'm on. If he did that, he would open himself to what we have determined is the greatest plan of all, grab him. That's oh, yeah. a good point. Grab him. Although he could have just like stuck a pebble underneath one of the skateboard wheels or... <laughs> Lightly pushed him. Yeah. It looks like it's a brick road, which if you've ever ridden a skateboard is impossible to ride it on a brick road it's not for tony hawk and or the plague again i didn't True. research fisher stevens skateboarding background but it appears as if he doesn't know how to do it so it's top 
It's top notch. That's why they gave him the big wide board that they yeah. had you start on. So back to the plot. Dade realizes the error of his ways when he, Nikon, Serial, and Kate find the worm within the garbage file that he's copied, and he's given Eugene exactly the plague exactly what he needs to nail them. Thank you. And they will soon all be in jail with Freak if they don't stop him. The boats are set to capsize the next day. Hackers assemble! The only possible way to defeat the plague is to unite and form a super group of hackers. With so many of them inside the Ellingston system, one will surely be able to get the garbage file in time. Now, question, because the plague is a hacking genius, why has he not deleted the subroutine? We asked that already. It's not traceable. They talk about that multiple times. I don't get it. He's had because another. If he did, there wouldn't be a movie. He's had another forty minutes of movie to delete this thing. Instead, he just soldiers on, doing weird things, carrying around a skateboard, whatever. So the hackers' big plan: they tap the phones of the feds. They attempt to enlist the help of these uh, two Japanese hackers, Razor and Blade, to help them. They don't want to do it, and then they hack traffic lights to help them evade the authorities. This is where there's just a shitload of rollerblading. It is glorious. Uh, I brushed over a lot of things that happened, but that's all right. Because uh, this is the climax, after all, and not the one in Kate's odd dream about Dade wearing leather. That's right, folks. There's two sexual dreams in this movie. Count them two. The old bait-and-switch double-wet dream. Yep, he is in drag in a leather dress, and she has this dream about him. That is like by far the most weird and most '90s thing in this movie. Okay, like well that's, that's going to be a question later. Playing too, around with gender roles, you know. Yeah, and leather. Impressive. It's edgy. So when you guys say that, like a lot of the technology stuff and the hacking stuff is ridiculous, like their plan is to hack a phone bank uh, at Grand Central Station, and then basically coordinate this giant hack. I'm not sure the technology would have been up to par to do that in 1995 where you could hack into terminals at a at a train yeah. station and okay, take I, on this I, guy no, at a I, command okay, center so, so i researched this a bit so what the referencing there is there was the ability at the time to take one phone okay hack it and call another phone through it like through like you know hacking magic and you could literally like call yourself uh and you no. hear your your signal come through delayed so that's kind of what they're trying to give you in that that scene but it's also what we would more uh relate to today as a vpn so they were trying to basically like you know launder their signal through another location to make them appear as though they're not where they actually are so today you do that with the vpn back then they they, they were doing it through the phones so if you if you pay attention to that scene where matthew lillard freaks out they pull him out and they say go fix the phones and then later when wendell comes down the phone sets they actually track him to have like little black almost uh opposite receivers on the phone head and that's how you call that phone and you put that on there. And then the phone you're on thinks it's that phone. So, yeah, it's like a VPN, but they do subtly talk about how they did it. 
It's not completely BS. It's just it's I just blazed over it, very quickly. But but to your point, Mr. Wizard, it would not probably support the kind of hacking they're doing. No, especially against no. the guy sitting in like the control center of a big corporation. Uh, his uh, setup would be just wildly better than theirs. Anyways. Wait, no, and again, also, that's, also the, they that's s- the writers not knowing what they're actually writing about. Well, it's just a really 90s thing. Like, it's supposed to be, look how cool these guys are, and look where they're doing this, and whatever. They they hack in this coordinated attack. Childish insults are hurled, a lot of them. Uh, the plague <laughs> gets the better of Dade, and all hope seems to be lost. But, uh-oh, here come Razor and Blade. Hackers around the world have joined the attack against the plague, leaving an open window for Joey, yes, Joey, the guy who's not good enough hacking to even have a hacking nickname, to find the file and copy it, before they're all arrested. Dade then throws the disc in the trash as he's being hauled off, and this leads me to another question I have. Honestly, is screaming, They're trashing our rights, man! Trashing! Trashing! Hack the planet! Is that enough of a context clue for Serial Killer to find the disc in a giant train station? No. It's ridiculous. Nope. I've been, I've 0% been in Grand, chance that works. I've been in Grand Central a numerous amount of times, and the amount of trash cans in there, yeah. unless he knew which trash can, if he's like, they're, <laughs> they're trashing down the hallway to the left of uh, Central Station number 67, our rights, then it doesn't pan out. Yeah, I think one of the really 90s things in this movie that dates it even more than some of the like technology stuff you see in the hacking scenes is the fact that the plot revolves around numerous dead drops of a floppy disk. <laughs> like, cause they gotta have a floppy disk cause no one has email or and they, any other even way use, of data transference. They use gum the, the first time to pin yeah. it to the back of a thing, like a locker, condom, a condom dispenser <laughs> yes. for the kid playing at home. A floppy disk is what the save icon looks like. But it was real back back in the nineties. Yeah. It was a real yeah, thing you put data on. Printed a save icon, and you could <laughs> save files to it. I don't even think yeah. one floppy disk could have the entire subroutine within it. Oh yeah, God, no way. There's absolutely no way. I can't remember because it's so long ago. How much information could you get on one floppy disk? Can Not anyone tell me that? It's a very minute amount. Basically, Hold this on. movie's plot died of dysentery. Uh, is it 265 megs? Yeah, that's I'm not looking right, it up. I have no idea. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, listen, the internet tells me it's 1.4 megabytes. <laughs> oh yeah, no, not a chance. Yeah. So, no, 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 we're, no. We're talking about a two. And a, we're talking about a uh, not not a not the uh, not the actual floppy. We're talking oh, about the three sorry. and a half. They're talking about the three and a half inch floppy, which is oh, the hard one. Inch. Okay, yeah. excuse me. What, three and a half will get you anywhere from eight hundred k to one point eight megabytes. Yeah, not a chance. Yeah, coming okay. in hot. So, uh, like a picture. <laughs> so. So, so kids, just imagine the time before porn, because that's so, what we're talking about. In fact, the the worm that Fisher Stevens had uploaded to the system was just a dick pic. Did, we're getting yep. wildly <laughs> sidetracked, but did anyone buy a computer game back in the day that came with like 26 floppy disks that you had to load oh, onto yeah. your computer? I think Doom 2 was eight disks. <laughs> I think it cra- my computer crapped out on disk five. I couldn't even play it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, serial killer does find the disc 
He then live streams from uh, Razor and Blade's secret television network, unveiling creepy Eugene the Plague as the true mastermind of the Da Vinci virus. Hooray, happy ending. Kate and Dade go on their date, where he reveals his super awesome crash and burn hack. The building lights show their names. How cute. Super 90s. Aw, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't reveal he's wearing leather panties. I mean, that would have been the move, frankly. Yeah. So overall, hackers, good, bad, or indifferent, and then how many beers do you think are required to sit through it? Uh, why don't we start with you, Cash Overdrive, since uh, your name is derived from that of Johnny Lee Miller in this movie? Listen, this movie is a pizza cutter. All edge, no point. It's it's not good, but it's. 90s campy fun so i'm willing to say that this is a decent movie that you know what four beer max maybe even three i can sit through this and have a decent time for mostly nostalgia's sake more than anything else frankly i think that's fair uh sleepy bear it's not a good movie but it oddly is a watchable movie i mean it's somewhat edgy and the music actually fits while it's not good um all of the actors other than fisher stevens hired to play those roles play those roles very well they're all very angsty teenagers bullshit fisher stevens is the best part of this movie i really like this he's good but like you could have done so much more with his character like the skateboarding and like the ridiculous bed and i have a bunch of other questions here that i wrote out a couple nights ago that we'll get I'll into but like they, they could have done other things with fisher yes. Stevens. i actually actually went and looked up what the biggest teen movies of 1995 were and it was clueless jumanji and ace ventura so this is not going to compete with any of those yeah um yeah. How does remind me how the ranking works? How many beers do I need to get through it? Yes, I, I'm on the same par as Cash Overdrive. It's about a four beer movie. It's not awful, but it's not it's not enjoyable. The second watch through, I was doing a fair amount of jump forward thirty seconds. Uh, backdoor Buckeye. Yeah, I'll agree with the uh, previous two pod contributors. It's about a four beer movie. It's not terrible um it's very 90s and if you're a kid of the 90s there is a nostalgia factor that applies the soundtrack is cheesy but it's also very 90s and appropriate for the movie uh again it's edgy for the sake of edgy uh it's got a little bit of that grunge subculture going on but here's my biggest knock on the movie i will say this it felt outdated 15 minutes after it came out this movie doesn't really hold up. I don't think it held up like a year out from its release. It felt old instantly. Well, it has to feel outdated because what they did to portray technology doesn't actually exist in the real world. It was just a bunch of like video, like screen overs and like odd zoom ins that were not necessary on computer parts that don't exist. (laughs) And I listen, I think that it became quickly outdated is sort of part of what makes it so charming now. It is this sort of Z-Rust, that shit is just so old and goofy that, you know, five years out, it seems stupid, but 25 years out, it seems really fucking funny. 
yeah, it's, yeah. It seems la- it seems laughable because we used to all try to get on the internet in 1995, and it was mainly hoping you got a new AOL disc in the mail so you could get internet for free for ten hours. Yep. Uh, I think it's certainly dated, very dated. I would say two to three beers. I do like it as like a time capsule piece, having been a kid of the 90s like we all were. Uh, I I think uh, Fisher Stevens. I like him a lot, but he's almost like he's. They're trying to make him a lot cooler than he is. So it's like that picture of Steve Buscemi holding the skateboard. Like, hey, what are you cool kids doing? <laughs> no, I, I disagree. I totally thought he would, like, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I thought he was supposed to appear weird and out of touch. Like, that was part of how they did that. The skateboarding, like, thing is like, it's like, oh, it's the 90s. Maybe you should have a skateboard. There was no reason for that. I mean, weird and out of touch is okay, but he's a brilliant mastermind who's already stolen $21 million, and he's still, like, eating a Snickers in the board meeting and offering it to what is presumably the CEO. Yes, because he's a creepy weirdo. That's the point. I think he was supposed to be like Steve Jobs, in all honesty. Like, he's like, oh, well, we'd fire this guy because he's such an asshole, but we can't. I, I feel like Mark Zuckerberg watched this movie and said, yeah, that's it. I'm going to grow I'm going to be like the plague. Yeah. Also, can we can we talk about how your lead of IT security has a name that is synonymous with virus? And it's he's like, also at all times, he's demanding that these high level corporate C people call like, uh, no, hold on. It's not Eugene. It's the plague. Do you think that was part of his like email signature, like Eugene the Plague? I, no, I don't think Eugene was even on there. It was just you got an email from the Plague. Uh, I, I, I feel like that should raise alarm bells. I yeah, I I actually enjoyed the movie, as I said, because of its sort of nostalgia features, uh, and that brings me to the '90s because this movie is very '90s. So the most '90s element of the film, excluding it's extremely dated conception of computers, and I do have options. Number no, one. I got mine. Don't I got mine. I got you mine. Rollerblading. I got mine. Okay, rollerblading. The uh, sheer amount of rollerblading. The, the, like, and I even have questions where they rollerblade to places you need shoes. Do they carry shoes with them, or are they just going in socks? In their rollerblading pack, I'm sure. <laughs> I, would, I would assume so, but, like, yeah, that, I've... I didn't know there was a thing as a rollerblading bar, but the bar, you could rollerblade to everything. Yeah, that's true. The bar was basically set up for blading. If you didn't have blades at that bar, I mean, you weren't going to get much use out of it. So, I mean, Do you know what the worst part about rollerblading is? Oh, God, here we go. No, We're not gonna... when you... no. no, stop. Wait, hold on. It's when you go to the skate park, they call you a fruit booter. What? Oh, I... That's what the BMX guys call the rollerbladers. And the skateboarders called the rollerbladers. Why do you they know so much about rollerblading culture? Yeah. I mean, How long I did you like rollerblade before you got called a fruit booter? Part of it. My, my brother was big into BMX. He actually went to Woodward, which is one of the big camps that the guys used to go to. It's like, hey, it's in Pennsylvania. Their logo looked like the Subway logo. Yeah. Like Tony Hawk and Colin Winkleman look- is from Dayton, Ohio. Um, You'll know it from Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah, Woodward. Anyway, so yeah, they call the rollerbladers fruit booters as a derogatory term. Oh, sorry. What were your choices, Thunderous Wizard? No, no, no. Look, before he does it, the most 90s thing in this movie is Angelina Jolie's Quicksilver t-shirt. Okay, that was one of my options, so... 
I was going to go with her breasts. Yeah, and <laughs> those, those are under decade, the shirt. Those uh, are under the shirt. Yeah. Any decade, any decade, I, not exclusively nineties. I mean, it we're sidetracking here, but uh, I I have a question that links into that. I'm fairly sure in his wet dream sequence, you see side boob. His or hers? Ah, side boob. The no, sexiest. his where he where she comes in and takes her top off. I'm like, I actually think you see nip, and then all of a sudden it's a bunch of FBI agents that come and get him. But I didn't like go back and slow it down to find out. You definitely saw some skin in her wet dream and his weird uh, stirpy leather getup thing. How awkward do you think it was when the FBI agent stormed in and he had a massive erection? Massive. Well, he is British, so it wasn't that massive. Listen, it's only as awkward as you choose to make it. Uh, so my options, which oh, good. Yeah, the Quicksilver t-shirt was one, is the Boy Meets World joke. Yes, there is a Boy Meets World joke. Uh, the rollerblading, as mentioned. The Judge Dread computer wallpaper. Dread, Dread is timeless. Shut yeah. the fuck up. I didn't actually see that. I didn't miss that. It's on uh, Joey's computer. Yeah. The phrase, mess with the best, die like the rest. Hacking a payphone, because what the hell is a payphone? Fisher Stevens' skateboard deck. <laughs> Those were my options. Uh, okay, I think I actually have another option that I'm hoping I get universal approval here. Because my, <clears throat> in my humble opinion, this is hands down the most 90s thing in this movie. And it's serial killers, little rant he gives in front of the knockoff teenage hangout from the Mutant Ninja Turtles, where he talks about the mixtape he's trying to sell these guys, all of artists who had choked on their own vomit. So he's got stuff from, you know, Mama Cass, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. It's like, you can't get this stuff anywhere else, man. Like all these dead artists, dude. It's like, that's so 90s edgelord toss, as uh, Captain Cash would you, say. You probably have all that on your iTunes because you I don't do. know what Spotify is. It's on my Zoom, I think, Zoom, whatever. I, I have CDs. I have CDs. I'm sorry, I have I, I've been CDs. running WinRAR. Is that not right? <laughs> my buddy just broke out his Zoom and started using it again. <laughs> WinApp, it really whips the llama's ass. I would say it's the Boy Meets World joke, because if you're not a kid of the 90s, you have no idea what that is when they say it. Who doesn't know who Topanga and Fred Savage are? Yeah, it's first of all, it's recently. It's Ben Savage, so. Oh, whatever, Ben Savage. And my final question is: Are you surprised this movie flop? Savage Garden. Start because I think I, I really am surprised it flopped or is not more popular now because everyone in it went on to have a career of some acclaim for the most part, and Angelina Jolie won an Oscar four years after this for *Girl Interrupted*. She was a huge star. I know she wasn't a star at the time of this, but generally 90s movies with young, attractive casts that were doing seemingly hip things would at least have made their money back. And this movie did terribly. I don't know why. Like, by rights, this should have been a hit. You're absolutely right. Like, it's not a good... Again, it's not a good movie, but it moves. It's not that funny, but it's, it's incredibly watchable. Did, did it deserve to make $100 million? No, but did it deserve to at least do a little better than break even? Yeah. I think I can answer the question as to why this flopped and, and why it deserved to flop. It's pretty stupid. 
and not only is it stupid, but it's forgettable in the sense that it's outdated almost immediately after its release. So this movie like really doesn't hold up. It, it's a pop movie. It's a light, easy to watch movie. It's fun. Like you said, Captain Cash, it moves cash and burn. But yeah, it's just so stupid and not even contemporary in its own time. I just think that it didn't work. Okay. Like you wanted it to. And that's fair. But it also has the hallmarks of all generally successful movies about high school kids is that the whole thing is sticking it to the adults, sticking it, does, it to yep. the man, rebelling against yep. authority. You know, like these kids actually don't save the planet to be good people. They just don't want to go to prison. Yeah, and I think that probably also holds it back a little bit because ultimately it doesn't deliver like a big crescendo. You know, even the Goonies, I think, felt more like uh, meaningful when they saved their neighborhood because they were doing something for the greater good. What's well, a much better point. movie than this? Too. Right. But but again, it's, it's, it's just kids trying to save their own butts. But you end up rooting for those kids, whereas this one doesn't really feel that way. It's like these kids have more agency and more input. You know they're not 100% good, so you're not really rooting for them in that sense. And yeah, ultimately, they're just trying to save their own butts. I think what does hurt it a little bit is none of them look like they should be in high school except Joey. Even though Angelina Jolie was only 20 when this movie came out, they look fairly old. Well, they're very hypersexualized too, so that kind of takes away some of the childhood. Thoughts so, out, sleepy innocence. bear? Innocence. Um, I was trying to find it because I listed earlier what other movies came out this year and I didn't actually realize I was way off. Um, so on August 18th, this movie came out on September 15th, which nothing really came out that weekend that beat it. But if you go one month back, um, the number one movie for kids this age was survey says Mortal Kombat. Oh, and they stole the fucking needle drop. Bingo, boingo. Can't mess with Mortal Kombat. So, and on August 18th, 1995, Mortal Kombat opened to $122 million. This movie opened a month later to seven. Way edgier, so, way cooler for kids. Well, Mortal I mean, Kombat. again, this this is a crowded field in 1995. Does it deserve to be a flop? Yeah. Uh, is it a bad movie? Yeah. Ish. I mean, it's enjoyable. It's worth wasting an hour and 40 some odd minutes on. Is it worth watching multiple times? No, unless you're doing a podcast on it, but it's not terrible. We, I mean, you guys have covered way more terrible movies on this podcast than this movie. Oh, that's very true. I actually never saw this when I was a kid. So I guess that speaks to like it didn't even spark my interest in 1995. No, it the was the first not... time I first time I watched it, I was not it was not 1995. It's when I lived with my old roommate and we randomly got it on Netflix cuz you could get 6 DVDs a week on Netflix and we were just churning through movies cuz we had no money to do anything else. Well, that's dated right there too. DVDs from Netflix. Wait, they mailed oh. these to three, you? 3 at a time. 3 at a time. Think about that. We used to be able to get discs mailed to us. Now the mail doesn't work at all. So <laughs> it's, well, I mean it's being dismantled. So what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I will say this. This is not an essential 90s movie. It's no. a very 90s movie, but if I had to pick like, you know, five or six movies from the 90s, this is not one of them. It wouldn't be in the conversation. Yeah, it's no. fair. There's nothing really iconic about the movie. I think that's where it, it suffers. 
Yeah. And, and yeah, now I, that I think about it, how do we not get Angelina Jolie in a Mortal Kombat movie? Like, I, she I was, feel like she, she was Tomb Raider. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, was yeah, Tomb Raider. But I'm just saying, like, wow, I, I talking about this being contemporary. Like, yeah, how was she not on that casting call? Did you see the second Mortal Kombat movie? They didn't have the budget. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fair enough. Yeah, she was a bigger star then, too. Do we have any other questions about hackers? I was about to say, if you're done with your questions, I can done. I start my questions? Yes. Uh, well, two things first. Um, one, did you realize that one of Joey's names that he wanted was Dr. Doom? Oh, no, yes. I, I immediately perked up to that. I was like, hey! And, and this is both for all three of you. Did you realize that during the fly-through of New York City, there is a sign for cats? Yes. Oh, 100% <laughs> I did. Yeah. Wow, those are not forever. And then I, those are not questions. Those are just... I jumped on a chair, started chugging milk, and then just screamed, Rum Tub Tugger is a curious cat. (laughs) Those are not questions. Those are things I just wanted to point out before I started doing questions. What was the other movie, uh, Thunderous Wizard, that had cats in it that I I sent you a screen grab of? Oh. I I mean, fucking anything set in New York from basically 89. Yeah, yeah. yeah, There's there's a cat's marquee. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, Street Fighter. It was something else. Oh, was it Mario Brothers? It might have been. Yeah, I think it might have been, yeah. I, I been from, the, from the from the New York. Yeah, the New York shot. Of I mean, Mario it makes Brothers. sense because horny movie cats. about cats. Horny movie about brother plumbers who get sucked into a hell zone known as Dino Hatton. It all looks like basically <laughs> the same thing when you think about it. sexy dinosaur tongues. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to keep going. These are pretty quick. Do you believe that this movie was sponsored by Jolt Cola? Uh, I bet you it was at catering. Uh, I mean, the amount of Jolt Cola they drink on the screen makes me think that Jolt Cola had a hand in it. Virginia Slims and Jolt Cola. If not Jolt, balls. And uh, this, oh, again, this is not even on the question point, but when we go back to Fisher Stephen being a professional, for a good portion of this, he's eating those like foot long Jolly Rancher varieties that are not hard, they're soft. And he's also like threatening people on the phone as he's eating those candies. Were they were Charleston shoes? I, I don't know what they were back in the day. They were like super sour. They were about a foot long and about pencil thick. Are you saying the delicious ch- taste of a Charleston chew? Hardly. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, uh, yeah, wait. The sour straws. Yeah, what were those things called? Oh, so I know what you're when he's about, be- yes. when he's being a professional, um, that's yeah, he's doing the Jolly Rancher bit at the same time. Um, so Scooby Doo says before they even run into uh, Fisher Stevens, you gotta hack a Gibson, you know, those supercomputers that do physics and look for oil and stuff. <laughs> this is the perfect lead into them going to an oil company. <laughs> they also uh, play chess against Russian guys named Gary. The Gibson, they're very good. Do we think Scooby Doo is homeless? Uh yes, he's. I think it's in, implied that his home life is not good, at all. Uh, okay, I, I mean, I thought so, but I wanted to get. It's more. like the the most character development you get from the entire movie is that he doesn't want to go home. He's probably homeless. Yeah, and all the parents in this movie are incredibly stupid, too, and weirdly hot. Uh. Mrs. Murphy is a dime piece. Shout out to Mrs. Murphy. <laughs> She's no uh, Aunt May. 
I'm sure you guys picked up on it, but we haven't talked about it yet. When um, Mark Anthony infiltrated the high school kid party. Yes, yeah, like that was going to fly. Dancing around with different variety of sunglasses for long periods yeah. of time. Nope. I'm guessing oh. trying to eavesdrop. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and hold up here because, one, I didn't know Mark Anthony acted. And two, is he not a dead ringer for a very young John Leguizamo? Like, I, I, I now question whether or not they're the same person. Well, he didn't get drunk on set and break somebody's hand. So he had that going for him. But... During that as same far as party, we know. Yeah, true. During that same party, how do Angelina Jolie and not Ben Stiller see that there's four people in their bedroom when they start making out? Oh, when they're about to sleep together and there's four guys going, yeah. <laughs> we're hackers. Why a computer <laughs> that puts out light? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're all lit up and like giggling. The only, that, the only thing that makes this happen is them say, I bet the I bet the display is even better if you dim the lights. And they dim the lights and then all of a sudden they're completely Navy SEALs who can't be seen by two teenagers about to bang. And they make some weird comment about her software matching her hardware or her wetware or it's it, something oh about God. her taking the brawl off i think right oh, he, he does it so smooth oh, he does it like really well and they're all like oh my god he's a professional i mean to be fair that <laughs> might be the most hackers thing that happens in this movie yeah. <laughs> lord, lord nikon puts on his sunglasses and then puts on a magnifying glass and that somehow makes him see angelina jolie's brawl strap better it's like that uh, thing from spy kids the whoop, 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 Enhance. Yeah. No, God, that, okay. That's so dumb. Oh. I'm getting to the end of my comments and questions. So they're watching on TV where what's his face um, Wendell talks about how hackers are going to be the end of the world, and they're arresting Joey, and somehow none of them see him in the background, even though they show that scene twice—one from the front, one from the back. <laughs> oh, hackers. <laughs> I, I, I clearly you guys never caught any of these that's fine um i'll get uh, i'll skip this one because it's pointless but the last one i have is when they get caught and fisher stevens somehow exits his entire condo before margo even realizes he's out of the bed yeah we got to talk about that did he have like an escape <laughs> pod i mean he wasn't exactly like some super fast and stealthy he's, character no it he's is, it's it's the part where he sketched behind a limo and stole a a save file? Do you think and he's in a, sketched away into the night? Did he sketch he's, he's down his He's in a metal framed stairs. bed that sits on the floor with high metal sides when you look at it. It looks like a ashtray. It is and somehow something... he got up and ran away and got dressed and then continued to run away before she even realized that she was in trouble. It's like Here's that... the thing. It's clear he has a go bag packed. And he just—he was just that. He knew this day was coming. And he just splits. How about his disguise at the end, <laughs> where he's—he's he's like dressed up like Albert Einstein in a hat. It's just him with longer white hair and a yeah. white goatee, and he's like, "That's it. I'm—I'm I'm great. I'm good to go." Like you're busted, Iggy. And he's, he's like, "Oh, how'd you know it was me?" Attendant. It's like I don't know. Your beard is falling off. <laughs> I don't know. You look exactly the same as yeah. before. Uh. All good points. That's I, all it, I got. That it really is a mystery when he just disappears. It's like when you're you watch a movie and like a bus goes by and then the person that you were facing off with is gone when the bus moves. Except that doesn't happen. He just disappears literally. Then again, he was friends with Penn Jillette. Mm -hmm. So 
brings his A game for this movie. Who's sort of, you know, he's a magician, comedian magician, but he does tricks, illusions. I, I do like the scene where they're tricks are what fighting. whores do for money. <laughs> That's true. I like this. I like the scene where they're fighting all the hackers and Margot is running around just spouting like rabbits vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So that brings us to the end of hackers. Uh, the movie we've got a mess with the best die like the rest quiz coming up we're going to take a quick break so it's right after that welcome back to hops and box office flops presented by revengeofthefans.com and this is our hackers pod a part of our 1990s decade series of films this is our mess with the best die like the rest quiz inspired by the the super cool tough words of Crash Overdrive. So are you guys ready to partake in the Hackers Quiz? To chime in, you must say, Hack the planet! They're trashing our rights, man! <laughs> Either will work. Trashing! 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 Captain Planet! Wait, no. Hack the planet. Whatever. Okay. Sounds like we're ready. So number one. Hackers was shot at a real high school in New York. Name that school. Was it A, Stuyvesant High School? Was it B, Staten Island Technical High School? Was it C, Townsend Harris High School? Or was it D, the Bronx High School of Science? Hack the planet. Chumpzilla. I believe it's A. It is A, Stuyvesant High School, which apparently, according to a blog I read from a former student, actually had a hacker subculture when this movie was filmed. I don't know what that means exactly, but apparently they had one. Bonus point for question one. There was actually a pool at Stuyvesant, which they claim, as part of the practical joke, is on the sixth floor. What floor was the pool actually on? The sixth floor, because you just said it. Incorrect. No, that's part of the practical joke. I think it's on the second floor. Nope. No, they say they say it's on the roof in the movie. Cash overdrive. It's the basement, whatever the the bottom floor is. Correct. It is the first floor. The pool on the roof prank is actually based on an old Suivasant High School prank of the sixth floor pool. Ah. Now their original building did not have a pool, but by the time this movie was shot, they had moved to the new high school building. Number two. One of the characters' names is taken from George Orwell's 1984. Which one was it? Is it A, Eugene Belford, B, Dade Murphy, C, Emmanuel Goldstein, or D, Richard Gill? Hack the planet? Sleepy Bear. C? It is Emmanuel Goldstein. Uh, Well played. It is. Thank you. That is a pseudonym used by Eric Corley, who publishes the magazine 2600, The Hacker Quarterly. He was an uncredited consultant on the film, so that name is actually used by a real hacker as well. Emmanuel Goldstein. I don't remember who that is in 1984. It's been a long time since I've read it. Yeah. It is now one-to-one-to-one. Tie ball game. Number three. The computer they break into is a fictional mainframe called the Gibson. A homage to cyberpunk author William Gibson. In what novel did did he invent the term cyberspace? Was it A. Johnny Mnemonic? Was it B. Neuromancer? Was it C. Count Zero? Or was it D. 
Mona Lisa Overdrive. Hack the planet? Hack the planet. That goes to Cash Overdrive. Neuromancer? That is correct. Yep. So at one point in the film, Eugene the Plague Belford uses the term keyboard cowboy as well, which is also likely a reference to the term console cowboy, which is also in that novel. Those are all real uh, William Gibson yeah. novels. Uh, those that, are all real high schools, too, the, in the New York That is the, school that is the cyberpunk uh, novel as well. Well, Johnny Mnemonic Neuro, also made a new Neuromancer, movie. So. Yeah. And, uh, Do we ever get told what we're playing for? Oh, I'll tell you at the end. Because <laughs> this is a good prize. Number four, The Plague writes a program that embezzles small amounts of money from the company at a time thus amassing millions of dollars in a secret bank account. This is actually a thing called salami slicing. Two other movies use this as a central... Hack the planet! Uh, I know one. Damn yeah. it! Chump Silla. Okay, Superman 3 in Office Space. Hack the planet, everybody knows it's Office Space. Yep. What's the second one? Superman 3. Superman 3. That they even reference it reference in, in Office, office Space. space. Yeah. <laughs> they even thought, like, this is the plot of Superman 3, isn't it? Yes. Damn it! It is, yeah, the, it is the same exact thing. So, let's see. We have two for Captain Cash, right? Two yep, yes. for the Buckeye. One for Sleepy Bear. And this is our last question. So, you can tie. Fucking Spider-Man 3. Or. Superman. You can lose. Or you can uh, direct the rest. <laughs> Number five. Director Ian Softley auditioned several actresses for the role of Kate. Which of these was not one of them? A. Cameron Diaz. B. Hilary Swank. C. Catherine Heigl. D. Liv Tyler. Or E. Heather Graham. Hack the planet. It goes to Cash Overdrive. Not Catherine Heigl. Incorrect. Ah. Whoa. Incorrect. Yep. I was going to be my guess. Yes. That was going to be my guess. Give us the remaining answers, please. So, remaining answers A. Cameron Diaz, B. Hillary Swank, D. Liv Tyler, or E. Heather Graham. Cameron Diaz, Hillary Swank. How old would Heigl have been then? Yeah, that's my. I I agree. She would have been young. She would have Buckeye. I'm going to go with Hillary Swank. Incorrect. Fuck. So that leaves you, what? Sleepy Bear, with Cameron Diaz, Liv Tyler, or Heather Graham. Oh, God. Cameron Diaz? That is correct. And we have a tie. Wow. We have a tie. Two to Pure two. Pure guess. Pure guess on two. that one. Uh, true story, Captain Cash, or Cash Overdrive. The part of Kate Acidburn was offered to Katherine Heigl, but she had to drop out to hang out with the shit uh, the pants-shitting action star of the 1990s, Steven Seagal, because she was in Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. That's Ooh. also known as his underwear, Dark Territory. Which uh, which was the worst choice there, though? To be in Hackers or to be in Under Siege 2? Uh, uh, anything with Seagal is the worst choice. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. That's you know fair. what? That's fair. Well, I'm actually bummed now that we're getting into references that I didn't get to use the term wonton destruction when we talked about the Gibson. Damn it. Damn it. So we tied. Uh, you guys are going to have to split the gaming machine from the rollerblading area. The wipeout Sweet. machine that won't actually work because that controller wouldn't work for wipeout. Have fun, though. The visuals are great. <laughs> Wait, that's a real game? 
it's a real game, but it's not a real stand-up station like they but, portray yeah. in the movie. Yeah, no, but what, what what console was that on? PlayStation. PlayStation One. Yep. I had uh, it. It was a fun game. Yeah, it was I'm not very familiar. well reviewed I game. Was, I thought that was made for the the movie. Frankly, I learned something. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna take a cool. quick break. We come back. We're gonna do recommendations. Close out the show. So sorry, guys. You know, just split it. Four months apiece, the wipeout station, uh, see who can best who's high score. And in the meantime, I also packaged along Dave Murphy's leather dress. Dibs. <laughs> yeah. All right. What you want for that leather dress, old man? So we will be right back. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. This is our final segment of the show. We are doing recommendations. So I will let uh, Cash Overdrive begin. He's been kicking us off. What do you recommend for this week? So this week I'm going to recommend a book called Circe. Uh, I think it came out about three years ago. Uh, basically, it is a retelling of a bunch of Greek myths through the perspective of Circe, a famous witch that you probably might know from the Odyssey. Uh, Odysseus encounters her. She's the one who turns people into pigs. Um, it's really well written and it's a real quick page turner. I think it's like 400 pages and I burned through it in about four days. Cool. So, I mean, it's one of those things that it's just a quick, fun read. Um, it's, you know, it's super feminist, so I like it. Uh, but yeah, man, worth your time. And I mean, not for nothing. I was a big, uh, Greek mythology nerd. So that was a, that probably made it easier on me, but you know, pick it up. It's in paperback. The queen from Willow also turns people into pigs directly stolen from Circe. That's where it comes from. Uh, Sleepy Bear, what is your recommendation? You're usually not up for this portion, so I understand if you're a bit confused. This is where we recommend things that you enjoy. Well, yeah, let's just say here, thank you, Master Sleepy Bear, for making it this far into the pot. We really <laughs> appreciate it. And, you know, it's just fun to have you this deep into the proceedings. Well, I'm, normally, normally, I'm sorry I'd... I ruined everybody's fun time, but... Uh, Sleepy Bear has been asleep for the last hour. I hacked into his hard drive and basically have been controlling him uh, because I hacked the button. How many uh, three and a half inch discs do you think it would take to hack in and reprogram Sleepy Bear's mainframe? <laughs> At least uh, four. Not At many. least yeah. less discs than it takes to play Doom Two. Yes. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the Fewer deepest discs. I've made in. This you is were. the deepest I've made in the pod, so I have I have a couple weeks of recommendations to catch up on. So going back to Dante's Peak, I'm going to recommend the Thomas Crown Affair. <laughs> going back to movie, yeah, going back to the Nick Cage era, I'm going to recommend Leaving Las Vegas. Um, the things I am watching right now, I just watched the first episode of Home Game on Netflix, which uh, they're going. Apparently, Home Game is a series where they're going to go around and. Um, dive into sporting events and other countries like the Highland games that most people don't oh. know about. And they start with, uh, I'm going to pronounce this brutally, but Cecilio Storico over in Florence, where it's essentially rugby slash football, but also MMA at the same time. They only do it once a year because yep. the people get so hurt. It's nuts. So, so rugby. No, I mean, no, they're like, allowed, <laughs> they you're, you're allowed against the University yeah. of Cincinnati. Well, you're allowed to bare knuckle box. It's your rugby style, not the majority of people who prefer not to get red carded within the first 25 minutes of the game. <laughs> it, there's so, sometimes and, after, you know, a tough A game, 
You just want that B match to end, and somebody has to do it. Oh, we've all yeah. kicked off the brawl to end the B game. <laughs> and and since I'm here, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay in. Uh, I'm also watching Tread, which is another documentary on Netflix about. It's a true story about a guy who was disheveled about being done wrong by his town, so he turns a bulldozer into essentially a tank and then starts driving it through public buildings. Ah, uh, yes, the kill the kill dozer. Yes, real. yeah. The yeah. Killdozer had a documentary made called Tread. Um, video game-wise, this is a shout-out to Thunderous Wizards. I'm working my way back through Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. Um, let's see. Books. We're, I'm, I'm going through Bag of Bones by Stephen King. And one very lesser-known, House of Leaves by Mark Daniel Linsky. Um, that is a very layered and deep horror book. He describes it as a love book, but it's not... Um, it is frightening if you read it and it's tough to read through because it bounces. It, you literally will start it's almost, almost like a choose your own adventure. That's not easy to follow, but it's also kind of terrifying. Um, and I think I'll leave it at that. I think I've got all mine out. Can I, before uh, we toss it over to Buckeye, I just want to say Captain Cash, take notes. You see how he he recommended a whole assortment of things, and none of them were Ducktales or Future Man. Or... <laughs> Listen, I also I, I would also like to recommend expanse. Ducktales and the Expanse, Ducktales, the Expanse, <laughs> and whatever else Captain Cash is bonering over. Listen, I, I I am able to consume a finite amount of media while I run a podcast, have a full time job, and am a father. And a cosplayer. There's only so much I can do. Oh, I'm so busy. I only watch children's cartoons at the expense. Dad, you jackass! <laughs> this is my cue to go to sleep. Okay. Uh, Ducktales is very good, and you should watch it. Buckeye, what do you? So is Avatar, though. Anyway. Uh, really Blue alien. Fair enough. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go with something appropriate for the 90s and semi-appropriate for the hacking culture aspects of this film. And I'm going to go with the musical recommendation. If you can get your hands on it, which I think it's pretty easy to do online right now, I would recommend checking out Dave Matthews' Rutabaga Studios demos. Uh, it's some very Chilchilla early Chilla wakes up in the morning. <laughs> That's not one of the songs on there. Yeah, but the week ends. The week begins. He did it. Guilty as lying under the table and dreaming. Take the anyway. No, the Rutabaga Studio demos. There's some like very early versions of songs that you'll recognize from the Dave Matthews Band catalog that he recorded solo with just him on the guitar, basically for copywriting purposes. And yeah, very early 90s stuff, but they're really good. And because they've never been formally released, they're pretty widely available online. So if you if you Google them, you can find a download link for them. Um, and they're, they're actually really great. And I think they're a pretty good artifact of the uh, early 90s. So check oh, that out. Okay. If you're a Dave Matthews Band fan and haven't heard them, you'll love them. That just sounds like a worse Dave Matthews band. If you can't find them online, just uh, ping Trumpzilla. He's got them in his iTunes, all yep. right? So they're, yeah, they're hit safe. Me up on IC, yeah, hit me up on ICQ, and I will give you a link. Uh, my recommendation for the week, aside from go watch the Snyder Cut trailer, 
we did it. Uh, uh, is Swordfish starring <laughs> John Travolta? views do not starring Halle Berry's breasts. Uh, yeah. So yes, starring Swordfish Halle Berry and all starring John Travolta, uh, topless Halle Berry, and Hugh Jackman. It is a way better movie about hacking. They type way faster and more furiously. It is super entertaining, and uh, Chumpsill and I talked about this the other night, so I will ask you two gentlemen, do you know the other movie that came out in 2001 that John Travolta was nominated for a Razzie for? One of them was was Swordfish. Do you know the other? He was nominated for two Razzies in the same acting category, I believe. I can't have been Battlefield Earth because that was the year before, right? It It was earlier, yeah. Is there a multiple choice factor? Man, uh, no, I. I will give you a hint. All I can think about is the I, friggin' lineman movie. My my wife got wrong on the last trivia challenge. No, I did not get this one right either, guys. So it was full uh, co-starring Vince Vaughn, and it is one of my favorite genres of movie: the crazy dot dot dot. Whether that's the crazy ex-girlfriend, the crazy neighbor, whatever. Like, just, I just love tell movies us. with just cra- tell yeah. us. No. Uh, Shit, what the hell's the name of it? <laughs> Domestic Disturbance. There it is. What? Yes. He was nominated for I don't even know Razzie. what that movie's about. So Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn is the crazy stepdad who's actually a murderer. And John Travolta oh, has to fight God. him in the garage. I will watch any movie with the crazy dot, dot, dot. I don't care. I love them. I know how terrible they are. And that's also why I'm recommending, even though I haven't seen it, Unhinged, starring crazy Russell Crowe as the crazy dot 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 driver. <laughs> crazy guy in the car. Yeah, next the year. crazy traffic incident guy. I really I want to see that. Want, I want it commented that given that this podcast is about terrible movies and you've watched them all, you will watch any movie. I will watch any movie where Russell Crowe stares as angrily at another human being from a car, and he's that sweaty. Yes. No, fact. you'll just watch any movie. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Uh, this so, podcast is proof of that. Yeah. More than anything yes, else. Yes, that's, that's what I was trying to say. Thank you. Remember, uh, you can find Hops and Box Office Flops, the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself on Twitter, at WriterTLK. You can find Captain Cash at... Uh, at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. And Chumpzilla can be found at... At Chumpzilla 8. And to get to your Snyder Cut point there, Thunderous Wizard, my most popular tweet of all time is a joke about Darkseid wearing hooker boots and briefs. Weird. He enjoys a fine uh, thigh-high boot, and there's nothing wrong with that. Listen, uh, the more thigh-high boots Darkseid puts on, the better. Make Apocalypse weird as fuck. I noticed nobody enjoyed my rebuttal of he was in a Broadway production of Kinky Boots. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Twitterverse. <laughs> Twitter is a fickle broad. What can I say? Uh, Listen, if anybody's got the Kinky Boots, it's definitely Granny Goodness. Yeah, also true. Uh, so if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and connect with us on social media. Recommend future episodes. Next week, we have a continuation of our 90s series with Mall Rats, hosted by Cash Overdrive. And I'm going to leave you with this, listeners. When the plague says, 
There is no right and wrong. There's only fun and boring. Well, he's totally full of shit. Be good to each other, stay safe, and don't be an asshole. Also, don't die by the plague that we're currently living through.